Welcome to our podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been great friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degree, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, to save some money. Well, Dave, today we're supposed to talk about water conservation. That sounds exciting. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might not be that exciting, but it's probably really important. Um, you know, it is a, a limited resource. You can throw more efforts at it, but uh, it does feel like with the crazy weather we have that uh, fresh water is not appropriately apportioned around the country or the world. I would agree with you, and I, I live in the desert, and I believe that uh, the greater central Arizona is facing maybe some impending issues with just the amount of water to satisfy all the folks here that live in the uh, Phoenix metro area. Yeah, and you and I have discussed this before, and, and, and the challenge with our underlying themes here is that it is hard to save money by saving water because water is grotesquely underpriced, in my opinion. It, water is, um, I've made the statement before that water is essentially almost free. Uh, it's not exactly free, but it's pretty darn toot and cheap um, for something that is a uh, requirement for life. And so to your point, I've looked at some water saving things before and we'll, we'll talk about it. It's just, it's hard to show payback on certain things uh, with water because it is so inexpensive. Yeah, and uh, I, I did some work professionally for a company that did water savings for a living. Um, and in California, which is always complaining about droughts and uh, is supposed to be environmentally minded, water is so cheap that none of their projects would, would pencil out except at federal facilities because they were willing to do 10-year returns as opposed to three to five like a, a commercial um, client would ask for. Yeah, that's a good point. And, um, you know, we've talked about some other savings. I'm pretty up in electrical savings. I've done a lot of things to save electricity because you can demonstrate pretty good payback uh, with light bulbs and getting a different TV and things like that. But water is... Is, can be pretty tough to save money where paybacks are sometimes, I was doing some calcs on a toilet, on a very inexpensive toilet where paybacks are beyond 10 years. Yeah. So uh, how much, have you figured out how much you pay for water in the desert there where you live? I did. So it's, like I said, it's not something I thought about, but I got my water bill out from the month of May. And for our listeners, um, I live with my wife here in Phoenix. My son uh, lives with us, although he spends a lot of time over at his girlfriend's place as well. Last month, we used 8,100 gallons of water. And there's a, when you look at water here, with our water bill, it breaks down. There's a, there's a fixed cost and there's a variable cost. So you pay um, a fixed cost for having the ability to use water. There's a variable cost. And then you pay a fixed cost for the sewer portion of that and a variable cost um, for the sewer portion. And I've kind of broken it down into the fixed cost and the variable cost. And when you look at the savings, I only look at the variable cost because I'm pretty sure I'm going to have water, whether I use a hundred gallons or 10,000. That's true. So from a, you know, does it save money kind of thing. What I calculated, um, 
uh, what I calculated, my bill, and my bill um, where I live includes the water, the sewer, and the trash. I took the trash out. Long story short, we paid $55.60 for that 8,100 gallons of water last month. Uh, hmm. So if I did the, if I did the math right, um, each gallon is, is seven-tenths of one cent or $6.86 per thousand gallons. Okay. So I, uh, I likewise did the math on mine. It is, it is confusing because there's a fixed cost. And here in California, they step up the cost. It's um, the first two units or one price, and then you get over 20 units and you get a much higher price. And uh, it's, I, had to, I had to look up the units. Uh, a unit is what they call a unit of water is 100 cubic feet, which is naturally 748 gallons. You gotta love the English system. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we are paying a range between five dollars and forty-two cents and eleven dollars and forty-two cents per unit, which, if I did my math right, but seems consistent with what you came out, was a minimum of 0.72 cents per gallon up to one point five cents per gallon. That seems pretty close to ours. I, I was surprised because I when I moved to the desert twenty-three years ago. I was shocked at how cheap the water was because we had moved from Tennessee and their water bill in Tennessee was a lot higher. So I haven't looked at it, but our water bill is not that cheap now that I look at it. I, I was just comparing to some rates. So we're, our, our, our total bill is about a little less than seven bucks per thousand gallons and the variable cost of that is $3.20 per thousand gallons. Hmm. Okay. So I think that that ranks somewhere around average, maybe a little even higher than average, but relatively relatively low cost thing. I mean, I'm paying more to have the paper delivered to my house than we pay for the water. About the same price as having the paper delivered. Huh. So your marginal cost, if you saved one gallon of water by doing, by yelling at your kids to brush your teeth without leaving the water running, it would only save you three, three tenths of a cent for, for a gallon. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. That, that makes it hard to argue for. And, uh, as we've discussed, uh, neither you or I are very fond of having environmental stuff require on people's goodwill. It's a lot better if it reflects in the cost savings. Yeah, it, it does. So I, today I did, I, I looked at it in some more detail because I had done this before. Um, we did a minor remodeling at my house about 10 years ago and we replaced the toilets I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that the old toilets in our house use 3.5 gallons per flush. I think that was a standard right around the late 80s. And the new ones do 1.6. And I found a smoking deal on some new toilets that I got, and they were $136 per toilet, which is pretty cheap for a toilet. It doesn't get much cheaper than that. And I think I read somewhere that the average person uses the toilet five times a day. So by my calculations, you save about 11 bucks a year and it pays off in 12, you know, 12 years, if you will. Right. So that's a pretty long payback time. I know you, you talked about it. We, uh, my um, efficiency ideas, I try to pay back in less than three years, a lot of times in two years. So that's not a really big incentive to get a new toilet that uses less water. Yeah, and the five flushes per day is uh, is is a little unrealistic because uh, you have two or three toilets in your house, and uh, most of the family is out uh, most of the time, so they're probably getting one or two flushes at work or school. 
Um, so it, it really stretches out. Um, I, I was looking at some of the rebates that they have had, and California was giving $100 rebates to go from uh, low-flow toilets, which are probably the ones you put in at 1.6 gallon of flush, mm-hmm. to, to the only ones that are legal now in California are 1.3 gallons, the ultra-low-flow ones. And they would give $100 to make that switch. Uh, and they gave out all 60,000 of them, spent 60 million bucks on it uh, of, of, of state funds. So at five flushes a day, that would take just over 12 years to pay back at, at the highest water rate. And you mm-hmm. can only get one of those per household. Um, yeah, at the lowest rate, it would take 24 years. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's in- interesting. I will say that um, as part of our kind of minor remodel we redid the bathroom so the like the shower heads are at the 2.5 gallons per minute which i believe is a federal standard now yes and i don't know what the old ones were but i i'm just guessing they were three and a half gallons but i'm not 100 percent sure so if you bought a reasonably inexpensive shower head and about the cheapest you can get with shower head is five bucks but i think ours were probably a little fancier than that i i costed it out 35 bucks something like that might pay for itself in two and a half years so a shower head I think you could get people interested in to say, go change the shower head out. Yeah. Well, let me ask you though, Dave, did you feel a difference between the old shower head and the new shower head? Are you still getting satisfying showers at two and a half gallons per minute? It's fine. I'm not too fussy about it. Um, for me, it, w- it was fine. The old shower head wasn't that uh, fancy and I don't, th- so it, it's, it's fine. One of the reasons I wanted to address this topic is because I bought from a Kickstarter uh, a low-flow showerhead that I was pretty excited about, and I had done some math on it because it's supposed to go and be less than one and a half gallons per minute and uh, sort of hypervelocity. It works pretty well, Um, so I was going to recommend that strongly because I figured I did the math on that, and it paid for itself in a a couple of years, Um, but... In order to be a responsible uh, podcaster, I figured I better check and make sure it was actually at one and a half gallons per minute. So I took a two-gallon bucket and a stopwatch this morning, and it's a lot closer to two gallons per minute in my application. (laughs) Interesting. But still, that's less than two and a half, and it is a nice shower. Um, Though it's interesting, because the water's coming out so fast, it actually, when you because there's a couple of modes, right? If you switch it to that super velocity mode, the water feels colder. I think it's a Venturi effect. So you oh, do have to use more hot water. It's interesting. I have, um, I have seen a couple he's interested in because my uh, son who lives with us thinks that a short shower is about 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he likes to run the, uh, hot, I call it run the hot water tank till it's done, <laughs> if you will. So I, I wonder if I do something like that. I think he'll just take a longer shower and wait until the hot water runs out. But I've thought about Probably. some some of these. I, there's uh, one I've been interested in called the Speakman, and I think it runs at 1.5 gallons. Um, and it's about 26 bucks. You can get it on online. I've seen it on Amazon. Well, it would be a probably what would save you the most water is if you made it unpleasant for him to be in the shower by just giving it a trickle. <laughs> I have to invent some device that turns the hot water off after six minutes or something like that. And that shuts the hot water valve off. I did uh, install in one spot in the house where I didn't want to pipe hot water. It was too far. A uh, instant on gas fired Bosch hot water heater. Um, 
which is very elegant to me as an engineer. But um, people push the instant hots as being a water savings measure because you don't, A, run the water to wait for it to get hot as it transports from the hot water heater to the shower or the sink. But uh, also, B, not constantly heating the water in the tank. My problem with that is exactly what you're saying, is there's usually somebody in the household who takes a shower until they run out of hot water. And if you have an instant on one, you have infinite hot water. So you can be in there for weeks. <laughs> that, would be, that would be bad at my house. So no. <laughs> <laughs> the other uh, reason I didn't get that is because in California, uh, you have to think about earthquake safety and the possibility that you might lose your city water for uh, days. So it's nice to have 30 gallons of fresh water stored in the hot water heater. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I hadn't thought about that. We don't have earthquake issues out here, but uh, I've always, I have a swimming pool. I always thought, you know, in times of horrible disaster, I have a, uh, a supply of water that I could filter and drink, right? If I, something bad happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they do still have some rebates. I looked at the local water, um, water board to see what was available. So like we said, it never pays on a water savings basis to replace your toilets, but, uh, old toilets are kind of not very nice and they're frequently odd colors. So if you're thinking of replacing your toilet anyway, it'd be silly not to get the rebate. So, uh, you can still get $50 rebates in my town for uh, a 1.3-gallon toilet. I didn't even know these existed, but for a 1-gallon toilet or 1-point-something-gallon toilet, they'll give you 100 bucks. So I left some money on the table when I remodeled because I didn't, I didn't ask for that. It's interesting. I, I, was, um, I just did a quick search here because I hadn't thought about that, but where I live in my city, you can get some rebates for a high-efficiency toilet up to $75, which would you know, nicely offset that. And the other thing that I'm starting to see around my neighborhood, not on my block, but when I walk my dog a couple blocks over, there's three folks in a row who have uh, taken out their grass. And in Arizona, you see a lot of, I uh, call it ornamental grass, and they put in like a fake grass, like a turf. Right. I have no idea what that costs. I can't believe that there'd be a good payback on it. But the city of Tempe is giving some uh, rebates back for, uh, turf conversion up to $500 and I've noticed it looks really nice. It always looks perfect and uh, I can see that happening in Phoenix over time if water rates were to go up. Yeah, and it does seem responsible um, and you also don't have to mow it anymore or fertilize it. So that probably saves you either, I don't know, whatever, $20 a week or an hour a week in, in labor. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that today. I was I was talking about the podcast um, with my sister, and we were you know talking about water usage. And yeah, if you look at that, if um, you install the fake grass, you you save the time. So I'm not too worried about Phoenix in terms of running out of water because if you come to Phoenix, it's it's not as deserty as you think it was, and I think that you have to raise the price, and then people will stop putting in grass. They might rethink a swimming pool. Um, and I think that we could probably save a tremendous amount of water pretty easily with just doing some simple things. Uh, the payback, like you said, for a really old toilet might make more sense. 
I would guess we could probably easily save 30% of water over just a a few years. After that, I think it gets a lot harder. But but I think that initial savings is going to be pretty simple. Yeah, they they also have in my district or town, I don't know how they split up water districts, uh, but uh, they'll give you $2 per square foot of uh, to convert your lawn to something that meets the standards of being water friendly. So is it a different kind of lawn or just make the make it less uh, uh, water u- usage plants? I, I think you're talking your kind of desert style stuff with with rocks and succulents and things like that. Gotcha. And I think like in Phoenix, you'll see a lot more of that where I I actually went out this morning and counted the, the 12 houses around me. And seven of the 12 houses have at least a patch of grass, ornamental. Some are bigger than others. And I think that as we get into water issues, I think the price has to go up and people will just probably take out their lawn because that seems like it uses quite a bit. I know my mom lives in the same neighborhood and her her lot is bigger than mine. Um, and I just looked at her water bill to prep for this. And my, my mom and my sister live in that house and there's two of them. So there's two of us plus my son most of the time, they actually had a higher water bill than I had last month. They used 8,800 gallons. And I think part of it is because she has a 20 by 20 patch of grass and she has more trees and shrubs on her lot, which is bigger than mine. Yeah, I don't have much expertise in this, but you can, I don't know if you plot your water usage or your water bills the way you plot your electric bills, but it isn't unusual that spring a leak and then you're just wasting water, which is unfortunate, but it can you can get into hundreds of dollars of uh, water bill and sneak up on you. I have seen that happen. I had a, f- a friend of ours had a water leak underneath their um, in their sprinkler system underneath the front yard and didn't realize it until it caved in and it was thousands of gallons <laughs> that were creating a pretty big cavern and you don't see it until you get your next bill. Um, or you don't see it until that it caves in. Yeah, I was surprised to find that if you do have an incident like that, so you end up with a $500 water bill because you had a leak and didn't find it, if you ask nicely, the water district will frequently waive those charges as some sort of force majeure or act of God thing. I'm not sure why, but they it, it's possible that they will do it. That's, that is good to know. I had a I have a swimming pool, and I had a leak on one of the pipes in my swimming pool still trying to troubleshoot it but i figured where it was and capped it off but it was probably using a good few thousand gallons of water a month until i figured out what the heck was going on huh. let me let me ask you that i meant to ask you that dave you, ha- you have a swimming pool I-, I don't uh do you know how many gallons are in the pool my pool is approximately seventeen thousand gallons it's um it's a diving pool so it's deeper it's about 30 feet by about 11 and a half 12 feet wide and um, do, you, do you keep it covered? I do not. So you must lose a decent amount of water to evaporation each month. I, I do. I, um, I looked, I did some research for this and looked at that. And uh, our local utility, our electric, our electric utility also provides the water suggests that you basically lose the whole pool once a year. So if it's 17,000 gallons, I would lose 17,000 gallons in evaporation a year. Hmm. And of course, I calc that out using the variable rate for water is $54.36 using the variable rate. So it's not insignificant, but again, water is relatively inexpensive, almost free. So it's not a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of life. 
true. One thing I had done, and I lost it in, uh, <laughs> I lost it in the remodel, but one way that a lot of water is wasted is running the hot water to get your shower up to speed like we were talking about. And I just looked up some numbers on that, and uh, that turns into wasting something like 31 gallons of water every time you do that, which, <laughs> according to this calculation, is over 11,000 gallons of water a year. Hmm. And uh, 300 billion gallons uh, annually. I, I assume that's across the country. Hmm. Anyway, a big number. Uh, and it's also uh, aggravating if you're in a rush in the morning waiting for the water to get hot. So I had installed a recirculating system. Do, do you have one of these in your house, Wayne? Um, no, I, no, I've looked at them. I know what you're talking about. How does it work? Or how well, how do you like it? And It worked okay. If you do it in a new house, you have a separate system with a return pipe on it, and uh, it it loops all the time. The ones that you retrofit, you put a pump. They're very easy to install. You put a pump on top of your hot water heater, and then you put on the farthest sink uh, in the house, you put a little crossover. And what it does is it uses the the cold water pipe as a return, and so it fills up all the hot water pipes constantly with uh, hot water. And there's a, a, a valve um, uh, at that far sink with a thermostat on it. And if the temperature of the water gets below, I don't know, 100 degrees, it cracks that valve open and lets water bleed from the hot water side into the cold water side. So it does, in the morning, if you have it going, it, you have hot water instantly. So you're not pouring uh, water down the drain waiting for it. The downside is you're, now your cold water lines are also filled with hot water. So you go to brush your teeth. If you like 55-degree water, you got to run all that cold water out. Hmm. So you can put a timer on it and try and hit it so it's got hot water fed in the morning and not at night when you want to do dishes or whatever. But I, f- I, I never did get it to work where I found it not aggravating on one side or the other. Interesting. Yeah, I've looked at those, but not uh, certainly not done it. But they, they look kind of interesting. Our shower in the master bedroom is the farthest point in the house, so it does take a couple minutes to get the hot water out there. So it, it could be a turn the hot turn the water on and brush the teeth for two minutes, and then step into the shower. Got a process. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, the installation's very easy, right? There are just threaded connections, and it goes right on top of your hot water heater, so you don't have to look for it or anything. But you do have to do the connection. I remember it being pretty easy under the sink. But anytime you work under the sink, you're working upside down and <sighs> your bifocals are pointing the wrong direction. And yes, and it's very easy to hit your head. And I, <laughs> so uh, and one of those jobs where I was doing professional water savings, I uh, decided I'd go ahead and install all of the. They look like aerators, but they're not aerators. You don't do those in hospitals because there's uh, cleanliness issues in them, but mm-hmm. water restrictors on every tap. And as as we all know, and as you should teach your kids before they leave the house, righty-tighty, lefty-loosey, right? But when you're putting it on a faucet, it's upside down. So I swear 225 times I turned it the wrong way first, <laughs> remembered, did it the right way, then went to put the new one on, Turned it a half a turn the wrong way, <laughs> and then got it right because I was working upside down. 
Yeah, but it does. It does. Uh, it helps. You know, feel like you're washing your hands faster and getting the soap off. Those aerators do. Uh, it does. You can't use actual aerators in hospitals because it does something about uh, actual cleanliness, where uh, it, they don't allow them for um, uh, infection control. Interesting. Huh. Uh, there's a wonderful, useful bit of information. But if you're ever in hospitals, don't put aerators on the sinks. Gotcha, gotcha. The other thing I was thinking about is hand-washing dishes. I've heard that that uses a lot of water. I'm a big fan of using the dishwasher, and I have a relatively, well, our dishwasher kind of gave out. We bought a brand-new dishwasher. The old one was about 12 years old, time for it to go, and it doesn't use much water, so I'm just put it on the dishwasher and let it run, and I understand that uses a lot less water than hand-washing pots and pans. Um, Yes. Something to think about. Yes, and if you are the... Different dishwashers have different efficiencies, I guess. But in general, the advice is don't rinse your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. That Don't wash the dishes before you let the dishwasher do it. That is just wasting uh, wasting water. And so my philosophy is just scrape off whatever, you know, if you've had some food left in your plate, just scrape it off with the fork and just put it in the dishwasher and let the dishwasher do its job. I think that's a good way for folks to save water. Yeah, and I suspect... Um, I have a pretty, uh, well, I don't know if it's a nice, but it's overpriced dishwasher and it doesn't seem to clean that well. And I think the problem is because the, the drain hookup goes to the, um, insincorator, the, the garbage disposal under the sink, mm-hmm. I think there's a low spot in the drain and that's why it doesn't clean very well. Cause it doesn't drain appropriately. And I should get a plumber to fix it cause it's beyond my abilities as a plumber and I haven't got around to it yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So, um, one thing I did look up because <laughs> I, I had heard this, that farmers pay significantly less than domestic water users in, in California. So I was curious to how much less they pay. So honestly, they, they have less distribution costs, right? Cause you don't have to run mains to every quarter acre or eighth acre lot. Uh, but it was kind of stunning how little they pay. Um, you want to hear the numbers, Dave? Yeah. The low end of it is $15 per acre foot. That's $15 per acre foot. So an acre foot is one foot deep of water over an acre, which is 43,000 square feet. So I didn't do all the math myself, but that's roughly $15 for 325,000 gallons, which works out to about five thousandths of a cent per gallon wow yeah like two orders of magnitudes less than you and i pay that's really cheap yeah but it's important to have water and yeah. and food it's important to have food that's two things that i do like <laughs> yeah i don't have much of an addictive personality but i have trouble getting by with i without either of those with water or food right yeah they're high on my priority list that's for sure All right. Well, I was afraid we didn't have enough content to uh, uh, fill our podcast, but we've gone 27 and a half minutes talking about water conservation. That is amazing. So I think there's some simple things folks can do. Um, That's my takeaway. Like showerhead seems like a a no-brainer. You know, the toilets, get a fancier toilet, buy one cheap. It'll pay off in 10 or 12 years. And certainly if you're remodeling, you're going to do that and comply with all the standards. So I'm pretty positive about this one, actually, because I think there's a lot of things we can do that people haven't thought of because the economics aren't there but i think when we start running out of water we'll have to raise the price like any other scarce commodity and then 
people are pretty smart. They'll, we'll figure it out, I think, uh, yeah. to a large extent. Yes, and people are offended by the idea of charging for something that's such a, a necessity. But you could do progressive pricing like, like we pay here in California. Um, and, well, and the thing to remember is the government agrees that we should be saving water, particularly in st- dryish states like you and I live in. Uh, and there are rebates to do anything that saves water. Um, so if you're doing any kind of remodel, just go to the website of your local water board and check and see what rebates are available. Yeah, it's a super idea. All right. So I think it's time to wrap this up, Dave. Um, I think we're going to try and get on a every two-week schedule now so we don't uh, 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 promise too much to our listeners. I'm on it. All right, and we're looking for topic suggestions. Uh, email us at davesquaredpodcast at gmail.com. That's all all spelled out. You can't put a, a hat sign and a two very well into a Gmail address. So davesquaredpodcast.com at gmail. And we'd be very interested in hearing any feedback you have, good or bad. In fact, we might even read it on the air. Well, the pod. All right, Mr. Kramer, you have a... Good week, and I'll talk to you soon. You too.